हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशन विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब टुडे आई एम जॉइन बाय रचना रमया जी who is an established kathakar in Connecticut since 1988 she is the author of the book kathak the dance of storytellers which is now available on amazon and the artistic director of sambhav school hi rashna ji how are you good how are you Thank you so much for inviting kathakar uh yes it's my pleasure you are one of the first guests i reached out and i'm really happy we could make this happen so just to start off rashna ji you would like to know about your initial beginnings in kathak and how you got into the art and who you trained under uh well um i was born i was born in bihar india and there uh classical dance and music was not supported at all there was lot of taboo around anyone who was practicing music and dance but my mother was very progressive uh she had phd in hindi literature and she was also a, she started to teach me kathak and i started my training with ustad uh, patan khasahab who was uh, a shishya student of uh shambhu maharaj ji and then when i was about 15 or 16 year old i to delhi and my real training actually began at that time i started with uh dr maya rao ji she was my first guru in delhi and uh she is from lucknow so i studied lucknow gharana of dance uh dr maya rao had to leave for bangalore so she hired pandit rajendra gangani he was very young at that time just one year older than me and so she invited him to teach us and that's how i became doc uh, pandit rajendra gangani's student um so that's how my training in kathak happened that's awesome and i guess my next question would be about um you moving to connecticut and in 88 cuz you said that uh, it was i guess uh, starting from an early age you faced a lot of pushback about you doing kathak and it's not been like the best environment but you still persisted so what was it like when you came in 98 to connecticut to start your journey here i came here in 1980 right and that time i was shocked that nobody even knew the word kathak uh, there were a lot of indians but they had never heard of kathak they didn't know what kathak was they knew bharatnatyam so it was a, a very challenging atmosphere um i was told that pandit um, ravi shankar ji and ustad uh, zakir husain are in america and i never realized because we didn't have internet at that time so i never realized that they were so far away in california i had come to this country thinking that i will be very close to these giants of indian classical music and i will be able to pursue my kathak um 6 months after i i arrived in this country i started with one or two students and they remained with me for couple of years but i was very adamant about doing kathak and nothing else many many people talked to me and they said that there is no way you can pursue your career in kathak connect uh, well i went to uh, to school and i finished my mb um and i got couple of jobs but i resigned from those jobs because my heart was in kathak and i decided to start my own school and at that time i started a school named india performing arts center as well uh, that school ran for uh, i would say until uh, 1998 and after that it changed into sambhav school of kathak dance 
um, and it started to grow a lot and it became just the Kathak set. Now we have about 65 students in school every year and it's pretty serious training. As you're growing your school and the years progress, were you able to connect to other Kathakas in the country or find any mentors that could help you out? Yes, I met during that time Shrimati Sandhya Desai and her husband Atul Desai Ji, Pandit Atul Desai. Pandit Atul Desai has made music for um, Kadam, Kumutni Lakhiaj institution. And I met both of them and they started to call me to Chicago to perform, teach. That was a really amazing experience for me to meet with uh, Sandhya Didi and uh, learn a little bit her style which, and learn the art of choreography from her. So yes, during that time, many other Kathak dancers came to Chicago and I got to meet uh, all of them. So that was very special. Uh, Kiran Chauhan, Pan, uh, Pandit Birju Maharaji's student was there. Vaishali Desai, she's from Ahmedabad, a very accomplished dancer. She was there. I met tabla players, musicians. Um, so th that was a unique experience. Okay, thanks for sharing that. And I guess I wanted to ask you next is, so starting from 88 and you went through so many obstacles and everything, at what point did you start to feel that this, you can go forward with Kathak and you can make it a career? Or was that something you've always decided for? Um, I knew from the very beginning that I wanted to do this. Right. And uh, I was very much helped in the way I met great tabla players. Um, I started to learn tabla with Pandit Shukankar Banerjee. Not to study tabla, but to understand rhythms of Katha. So he was in New York. I used to drive to New York and learn from him. Um, then I started to learn some music also. If you are a Kathak dancer, you cannot separate yourself from instrumental music, tabla, and uh, vocal music. So all that learning, all, um, being with these artists, learning all these art forms, I became more and more determined, actually, that this is all I want. Okay, so on that note, would you have any recommendations for, say, beginner Kathakas as to what, at what point in their journey should they start adding learning tabla and music on top of their Kathak practice? I would say that uh, if your environment permits, do it from the very beginning because uh, India is a country where you cannot separate art forms from India. When I came to this country, I started to teach at Trinity College and I was shocked, almost shocked to see how the dance department is in one corner of the campus and the music depart department is at the other side of the campus. And the students from dance department and music department hardly meet with each other. And in India, if you go to an institution, there is a classroom going on, class going on in music department. Um, and the next door is the dance. And students are coming and going to both classrooms and learning everything. Not only music and dance, but even writing poetry and um, doing artwork. Everything is so integrated in India um, into dance that um, I would say that from the very beginning, if you have chance, learn all art forms, not in depth. I'm not saying that go and become master of everything is not even possible, uh, but just a little interest and knowledge of other art forms is very, very important for a Kata. Okay, and is that something you're able to do through your academy at Sumbhava School to your, for your students? No, I'm not able to, sadly. Uh, the reason is that I meet my students only for one hour every week. 
and there's not even enough time to teach Kathak. But my right. students uh, in Connecticut, uh, they are very good. They go to different classes. They learn different art forms. So they are doing it on their own. Okay, so I guess this is one question I ask all all the all the instructors is that to so say if you're you have a one to week frequency and that's my frequency for Kathak as well, and you found that someone like some of the students are kind of falling behind or they are not practicing as much. How do you encourage them so that in a way that they'll stick still stick to the art, but they'll they understand that it's there's a lot of riyas involved. Uh, first and foremost, we have to understand that students are not coming here to learn to become professional. Right. There are very few students who are going to be professional dancers. And if they plan to do so, I am going to teach them and then I'm going to send them to India, to my guru, um, because they need to see the environment in India. They need to um, smell the soil of India, uh, the fragrance of that um, environment. And my guru, what he knows, I don't know, obviously. So it is very important that uh, the students who really want to become professional dancers, they go to India, learn from good gurus. Um, and here, I encourage them by creating groups where they can practice in groups with each other. Uh, so in every class, we have groups where they get together, even when I'm not there, due days, and they practice together. Um, and this is how I encourage them. And I don't use judgments. I also see whose strength um, is what where their strengths lie and then from there i go you would not believe it there are students who who are not able to do some movements even after five years so i observe them and i see how they are doing things and then i come home and in the in front of the mirror i do the movements exactly like what they are doing and trying to find out what is the psychology behind it what they are thinking while what's happening to body and mind while they are doing that movement. And uh, if I catch something from there, then I work, go from there and work with them and try to change their mindset about that particular. Okay. And um, I find that concept of you sending them to India to learn under your guru very interesting. So how long do they typically go for, for the students who have gone and done that? Even if they go just for a summer, for two months, it's a lot for them first time. Uh, I know that some people go and they stay in India for two, three years, but it's not about um, going there and staying for two, three years. It's about going even for one week and trying to um, absorb as much as they can. So the same rule does not apply for everything. It depends on synthesize, analyze. And so, Rashnali, over the years for Sumbha schools, which have been your favorite performances of your students that you really enjoyed? <laughs> Every time my students perform, I'm nervous. To be okay. And mm -hmm. I, I would not choose one performance because these performances are done by different students at different times. And I enjoy each one of them. Um, but we did one performance where the music was made by Pandit Atul Desai. It was um, called Panch Tattva, Five Elements. And almost all my students at that time participated in this uh, performance and I loved it. Then I had two adult students who were coming from New York to learn uh, with me. Um, these two students and myself, we did a performance, which was a really big performance in New York City. Um, and uh, I loved that performance, dancing with my students at that time. So there are so many performances I can keep talking about, um, so many different experiences. But even we did a one performance 
in March, sorry, not in March, but in June this year in 2020, which was on Zoom. And I love that one too. So it's, it's not about comparison, which is a good performance. It's about being in that moment and enjoying each time I'm in that moment. Hello, uh, you can hear me, right? So, yeah. okay, so yeah just issue there but now it's good so i wanted to ask you about that and i guess that's uh, those are the questions i wanted to ask you about some house school and you mentioned uh, teaching at trinity college so how did that start well in 2000 uh, someone from trinity college they watched my performance and they asked me if i would teach at trinity at that time, I was doing a lot of performances with a Bharatanatyam dance. We even did Harman Hesse's Siddhartha on stage with 32 dancers. We did many pieces on human rights issues. Um, and her name is Anu Sharma. She moved out of Connecticut, uh, but she had trained in Kalakshetram in, uh, in Chennai. So Anu and I were both performing. So Trinity College invited us to teach. Uh, she was teaching one semester and I was teaching this uh, next semester. And after she moved, then I, I now I'm teaching both semesters. Okay. And uh, you said that initially you were shocked to see that the dance and music department were far away from each other. So mm-hmm. over the years you've taught, have you been able to bring any changes that has helped you spread the word more about Kathak? Yes. Um, actually, the music department calls every year or every semester to do classes with their students on rhythm, dance, and how they type. So I'm not able to do too much at Trinity College because I'm not a full-time there. I'm just a visiting lecturer. So I, I go there only twice a week. And in that little time, whatever I can do, I try to do it. And I have made friends with other professors in music department and we visit each other. I see. And what has been the reaction of stu- reception of students to your teaching and how has that changed over the years? Uh, which students somehow or Trinity College? Uh, Trinity. Well, Trinity College students are with me only for three. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this uh, course is more about the philosophy of Kathak, uh, appreciation of Kathak, and uh, definitely little practical side of Kathak also. You will be surprised that after every three months, they have to do a performance. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. And they are able to do one basic Tukra's performance by the end of and one expressional piece. That is pretty impressive for three months, for sure. Obviously, their movements are not perfect, yeah. but they speak the Tukra's. They can do the Tukra's because it's all about how you make the class interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to work too hard for that because Kathak is an interesting dance form. Mm-hmm. I only have to tell them the history of it. And I have a lot of reverence for this. So maybe that transfers uh, to the students and they get more interested. And we practice a lot. I mean, from the first day on, 15 minutes of Tathkar, basic footwork. And that progresses to 20, 25 minutes of footwork every time I'm in classroom. That helps a lot. So my students are very interested. They want to know about theory and philosophy, about this dance form. We go in detail, but it's not sitting down. It's, it's through the moments. I tell them the story. I tell them the history of Kathak. Um, I tell them how Kathak has evolved in 2000 years, but not sitting down, but through uh, through practical experience. Uh, just a second, Rashna, you're adjusting something here. Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. I'm having some slight issue every now and then, so I have to make a small adjustment, but mostly no it's fine. 
And I guess uh, you also mentioned some Bhav school. So uh, have you noticed any differences in the students you used to get initially versus the requests you get now for people who want to be students as Kathak has become more and more prevalent in the States? Yes, I do. And uh, I'm noticing the difference, actually. Uh, now there are more students who want to learn. Um, I would not say that this is the best thing happening. Many students have watched uh, Bollywood films where Maharaji is doing some choreography and they expect that within two or three months they will be, which is not the case. Um, so yes, I do get very interested in students who understand what Kathak is. Then I also get this who will come learn for one year, two years, but if they are not able to dance like Madhuri Dixit or other actors, actors of Indian cinema, uh, they feel like they are not learning. So it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge making them understand what Kathak is all about. I keep sending them uh, nice clips, uh, YouTube clips, so that they can get to know more about Kathak. There is definitely more interest in Kathak, but also I would say that there's a decline in interest also at the same time, because a lot of students are going towards Western art forms these days, learning piano, violin, uh, ballet. Uh, hello. Yeah, I don't know if you heard the answer about. Um, is it depends on the state which is in. Uh, yes. Could you repeat that part, please? Once I think that part I got cut off. Yes. So I was teaching in New York, and I also taught in Chicago. In Chicago and New York, you get a lot of students. Uh, they are adult students also. They're very interested in Kathak, but in Connecticut, usually I have younger students who stay with me until the age of 18. And after that, they leave Connecticut to go to school. Um, another problem that I'm seeing in Kathak in general everywhere is that Kathak has become very dance item based dance form for many students. What I mean is that people think that they can do perform one piece and they have become uh, a Kathak dancer, not one piece, but few pieces, and they feel that they have become Kathak dancer. These pieces are on recorded music. But the real art of Kathak is improvisation, dancing with live music, knowing a lot of different um, rhythmic expressions. A lot of uh, the repertoire is so big that I have been dancing for 49 years and I feel like I have jumped in the ocean of Kathak and I don't even know. So this is a um, little bit disappointing when uh, people do a little bit of dance and they start feeling that they learned a lot and that's happening in the back. But actually the repertoire of Kathak is huge, huge. There's no way anyone can master it in one life, lifetime. So um, I hope that in the future, future we have more musicians here so that we can dance more on live music instead of just picking one recorded piece and perform it. And this is where one also needs to become very knowledgeable about tabla and uh, vocal music because there's no way you can do dance kathak on live music if you don't know tabla or vocal. Got it. I think I have that part. And yeah, thanks for explaining that perspective on live music. I'm going to pause it real quick here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thanks, Ashnaji. The part about live music is really interesting. I have to think about that one a bit. And I guess for people like who are starting out in Kathak and feel frustrated that they may not be making enough progress as they should in their head, what do you feel are some good markers of seeing how you're progressing or if you're making progress in the art of Kathak over the years? 
instead of comparing yourself to say Madhuri Dixit or someone who is really, really accomplished? Yes, I think if you want to measure yourself, how much you have learned, first of all, you have to see what's your repertoire. Um, first, you learn technique. And um, in technique, many, many things come. Footwork, tukaras, toras, thart, amad, paran. It's very important for students to know what is the repertoire of Kathak and what have they learned. Then learning is not enough and just performing the technique is not enough. Then they have to also see um, how much they have progressed when it comes to body expression and facial expressions. Um, because facial expressions and body expressions also show your individual understanding. Um, then obviously you I mean, a student cannot measure themselves. They have to ask their teacher and the teacher has to be honest about it, how much they have broken. Also in uh, today's world, you have so many platforms where you can watch great gurus, other Kathak dancers. And that also gives a very, very good idea how much a person has progressed watching other people. Or if they are watching a YouTube clip, are they able to understand what's happening there? What kind of composition is being performed on YouTube? Uh, do they understand the lay or the rhythm? Of do they understand the nature of that performance? Do they understand the music of that performance? All these are markers. Uh, so learning technique is one thing, but going beyond the tech and developing understanding of this art form extremely. And those are the measures. How, how much someone has grown. Most of the great dancers, Kathak dancers, and very good Kathak dancers, they will tell you that they haven't learned. They say that because they are measuring, their, their understanding has grown a lot. So they know that they haven't learned a lot yet. But I will give you my example. When I was 22, 23, I was um, in the newspapers in Delhi. And I used to think I was a great dancer. But I was young then and very naive. More and more I'm learning, I'm realizing how less, I, how little I know. So. For a student to measure themselves, we also have to wait for them to mature a little bit in life. So their understanding in life grows, their understanding of Kathak grows. Um, that's when they can measure. And before that, they have to just ask their teacher to um, tell them how much they have. Um, so Rashnaji, I guess from the previous conversation, you mentioned that you're learning, uh, even at your point when you're so accomplished and you at an advanced level in Kathak, you're still learning things. So what are the things you're learning on Kathak about yourself right now? I actually go to my guru, Pandit Rajendra Gangani. And um, each time I meet with him, he has so much to teach. I also, right now I'm learning a lot of new things from him. But I also um, practice the things that I'm not able. The mathematical equations in the highs, tukras, they can be extremely complex in Kathak. So my goal is to um, get better and better in that aspect. Uh, in order to learn things in Kathak, I have to say I don't separate my life back. I feel that so much happens on psychological level or at life level that affects Kathak. So it's not only about learning the repertoire of Kathak, but learning more and more about the philosophy, psychology, and a lot of new things. So I'm always and always in learning more. I'm always uh, reading books. I'm always practicing things. But when it comes to music and dance, I try to uh, learn more of music and more of uh, rhythms, 
because I feel that that really has affected my dance a lot. Understanding the the rhythm and sur the um, notes of the, the melody of music. Okay, and uh, I guess since you mentioned the sur and the notes and the tihai and those amongst other things are a lot you've covered in your book Kathak the Dance of Storytellers and. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rashnaji. You said it took you five years to write the book, right? Yes, it did. Uh, so, what was uh, so what what was the process like of writing a book for you? When I started to write this book, I had no idea that I book. I was talking to many Kathak students and in in the United States, and um, they kept telling me that there is no comprehensive book on the art of Kathak English language that they can read to develop their theoretical and practical knowledge of Kathak. And many of these students also take Kathak, but they didn't have the, uh, but they don't have a resource book on Kathak. They depend on internet where insufficient information is being repeated over and over. And so I started to make notes for my students. Um, for the first couple of years, I was just making notes and I was learning so much uh, making these notes for my students that I started to do more and more research and more I started to do research work, my interest also started to grow more and it started to take the shape of a book. So I really didn't know when that happened exactly, but I was in India and uh, my mother is has a very big library and she was a prof- professor. So I actually started to read all these books. Uh, there is a magazine called Sangeet and many, many books in Sanskrit and Hindi that she has. And I was reading the whole summer. I was going over these books. Then I came to Delhi and I went to Sangeet Natak Academy Library. And I was blown away by the wealth of knowledge that library has. And I was reading their morning to reading research. And so, yeah, it took me five years, but uh, there was a lot and lot of research working. And I think uh, this is the reason it took such a long and uh, in terms of do you have a favorite section in the book so I'm, I'm going through it right now i really like the part where you talk about naik naika the difference between naik naika and you've talked about how there is a lack of diversity when it comes to representation of naikas so that is m- kind of my favorite part in the book right now mm-hmm. uh, are there any sections that are really dear to you from the book obviously i loved all the sections where there are practical knowledge of kathak um, I notated a lot of Tukras, Tihais. I really, really enjoyed doing that section, even though it was very cumbersome to write down the bowl, counting it uh, on my fingers and seeing where the pauses are, because we are not given those uh, by our teachers. Kathak is an oral tradition. Mostly we are just taught. Uh, these days people are recording, but it's still in order to write down the notation, you have to understand every single nuance of the bowl and the pauses of it. So it was very cumbersome, but it was also very interesting because I was also creating some of the compositions to um, show the examples of what I had written. That was very interesting part for me, but uh, I have to say every single chapter, um, I fell more in love with Kathak writing this book because I understood that is such big area to cover just learning one little thing the history of kathak if you read the history of kathak and uh, you will see the journey it took there were so many problems in india on economical political social levels and i felt that kathak is like a solid chain and um, that chain nobody could 
it is stayed intact and you know why because you me all students all gurus everyone is a small link and this is how this chain is heavy and strong and so writing a history of kathak was actually a lot of fun for me and even the beginning of the book um i never knew that i i always knew that uh, lord shiva is the lord of dams and lord krishna is the lord of kathak but just understanding that the whole kathak is based on krishna philosophy and the south indian dances are based on shiva philosophy uh, it was like oh now i understand what's going on why the movements qualities are so different in kathak and bharatnatyam so every chapter brought a lot of surprises for me and every chapter was a lot of fun and every chapter was also very cumbersome okay and one of the things i really liked about your book is that even before going into kathak you took some time to delve into all the eight classic indian classical dances mm-hmm. um so did you have is that something you already knew while going into the book or did you have to research into the different classical dances as well i had to research okay a um, lot of hindi books they uh, that were written in 1960s they were writing about other uh, classical dances of india in their in the kathak book so i took the inspiration from there and i felt that is very important um for the students to know who or the readers to understand what are the different classical dances how they de- developed in india and uh, then sing kathak in that context. okay um that really puts in perspective and now that you've written a book which is like a reference document on the history of kathak and goes through all the technicalities and abhinay and all that do you see yourself writing another book about discuss- which discusses something else or yes i'm actually uh in the middle of writing my second book oh wow okay yes um it's a very different subject it, it has nothing to do with music and dance interesting yes it's more um, based on psychology okay yeah and mythology okay and when do you anticipate that book coming out um i started 2 years ago let's say 3 more years okay uh, because i like to writing book is not about just writing is also for me is about learning so i'm i am really into reading i would love to read more books before i embark on my next chapters of this book so i write and then i take time off 2 to 3 months to do more research and then i write again so it's a process and i want to make it interesting for myself okay and the next thing i wanted to get into is uh, you and your relationship with the state of connecticut because you've been here since 88 you've made this your home so how have you been able to you uh, like incorporate kathak into the state through your endeavors i am extremely grateful to connecticut commission on the arts now we call it connecticut office of uh, they also watched my dance and they picked me they invited me to be on their artist ro- roster So Connecticut Office of the Arts is the part of state of Connecticut um its main work is to inspire a culture of creative creativity in Connecticut they support arts and art making and arts participation so they have a very special program called higher order thinking program so it's a concept very popular in american education system it distinguishes critical thinking skills from low order learning outcomes um higher order thinking school is a program where 
Connecticut Office of the Arts really promotes strong arts, arts integration, and uh, democratic uh, practice in the public education. So they hired me, not hired me, but uh, I'm the part of their artist roster. They call us uh, resident artists. We go to public schools and they can um, give us any subject area and we have to in 10 days or 14 days or 12 days, whatever the school's demands are, we have to teach that subject area to students through our arts. So I have done American Revolution, Freedom Trail um, through the arts, through dancing uh, in 12 days residency program. It's a very powerful program because they believe that if anything is taught to students through arts, they learn it. And uh, so when we go to school and school says that, okay, you have this subject area through dance, we have to know that subject area. And again, research work comes, learning comes. So artists actually create a lot of notes. And then we see how to teach, how to integrate that or any art form that somebody's. But for me, it's dance. So then I go to school. I first introduce the subject area. Then I tell them about the elements of dance. I teach them how to choreograph. And then in 12 days, students learn everything and they even perform at a school. So it's a very uh, beautiful program, I would say, um, for education. And Commission on the Arts does a lot of training for artists. They call um, great people from education area to Connecticut who train us. And that's how we learn how to teach different subject areas in schools through our art. And I have been doing it for a long time now. And I love it. Okay. And since you mentioned doing um, historical pieces and also in you mentioned in the past that you've done performances on human rights issues. So are there any particular pieces which talk about an issue or a message that, that, that really spoke to you and that was a performance you really liked? Yes. Um, I did two years ago a piece in Penticide. The piece was called It's a Girl. It's in Kathak style, but since I'm dancing for a mostly American audience in Connecticut, right. I call it It's a Girl. And it has a few dialogues in the beginning, which my, uh, which my daughter, who is uh, a writer, she wrote and spoke. So it starts with some dialogues and then goes in how a baby girl is. So that um, that piece actually evoked a lot of emotion in me. I was thinking about it for months and I kept changing the movements in my choreography because each time my emotions got more, um, more mature about that subject area, uh, that subject, I felt like I needed to change it. And I really, really got into this uh, piece. It's a very, very favorite piece of mine and I'm hoping to perform it someday with lightning. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that too. I would love to see that that comes out. I'm really looking forward to that one then. And thank you for sharing that story, Rashnaji. I guess the next thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, since you've talked about it a little bit offline, is the Ted Hershey Dance Marathon. And I know that's something that's coming up uh, in, in, in like a week from now. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Ted Hershey Marathon is uh, the celebration of dance community and the life of Ted Hershey, who was Hartford dancer, educator and a choreographer but is a, the capital of connecticut and ted hershey was a very famous dancer he died of aids and in his memory his widow laura glenn hershey who 
um, used to teach at Juilliard until last year. She just retired. So she was a professor of dance at Juilliard College in New York. She started uh, the Ted Hershey Dance and Music Marathon, where we invite all uh, the dance companies and schools of this area. And there are about 30 dance companies who participate in this event. It's one of the biggest event of Hartford. And I'm the marathon coordinator. So my job is to uh, talk to all the dance companies and uh, make sure that their pieces are submitted, the program copy is submitted, their speeches are all done and uh, take care of the entire event in that way. It's one of the best events that I feel that uh, is the part of my life because I get to meet all the dancers. And these are ballet dancers, um, jazz, hip hop, um, uh, obviously Indian dancers, and from all over the world, flamenco, Hartford, there are amazing dancers here and a lot of dancers. In one evening, there are about 250 to 300 dancers on one stage. So uh, it's a great, great event supported by the entire state, entire Hartford, a very exciting event for all of us. Completely. That's, uh, that's really nice to hear. Um... It's amazing to see how much your work you've been able to put into this with everything going on. Um, best of luck with that. I'm sure it'll be a great show. And so that's October 22nd, right? October 22nd. Awesome. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. And then I guess the thing I want to discuss is just in general, um, now that it's 2020 now and you've been in 1988. So when you came, no one knew what Kathak was. And now we're at a point where there's, you can find like a Kathak school in almost every state and yeah. we have a New York Kathak festival. So there's more and more uh, awareness of Kathak. It's not still considered mainstream and it kind of gets, sometimes gets relegated to being just a classical dance and then compared to contemporary. Uh, so how do you feel about the future of Kathak, say in the US first? I think it's, it's great. I really think that more Kathak dancers are uh, from India, more students are learning from USA Students from USA, Canada, Europe, they're going to India. They're learning from there. There's a lot of cultural ex exchange also. Many universities have courses in Kathak these days. So I think it's a really, really good future of Kathak in United States. But as I said earlier, we have to be very, very aware of the fact that Kathak cannot be done in five minutes, 10, 10 minutes and on recorded music because right. this is the problem in United States that we are invited to the festivals and they ask us to perform for five minutes or three minutes long or even 10 minutes. So in the future, hopefully there will be more Kathak festivals where um, dancers will be given chance to dance with live music and for longer period of time because we need time at least 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Five minutes is just the warm up on stage for dancers. But I end up doing so many festivals where um, many different uh, dance forms of different countries are being shown and they ask me to do something in five minutes. Earlier, it was good for me because I felt that, okay, I'm uh, making people educated about Kathak, but now I don't do those because in five minutes, I'm not doing, um, I'm not justifying. The so, yeah, yeah. so on that note, Rashnaji, so this is very interesting. So. So for the people who do Kathak, it might make sense. It makes sense as to why five minutes is not ideal. So mm -hmm. when you're trying to convey this point to someone who's not aware of Kathak, 
how do you make the case for being on stage for 25 minutes because kathak starts with slow tempo if you are dancing with the live music just first 3 to 4 minutes dancers don't even enter on stage is the when the uh, instruments are being tuned i say that the hearts of the audience is being tuned at that time also the tabla player starts the tabla player creates the mood for kathak and then the dancer enters that or uh, this entire process may take anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes right and then we dance in slow tempo then we have to uh, develop the madhya lay or the uh, medium tempo and then go into drut lay and that's just teen tal or one piece in american language just one piece for me after that kathak dancers also want to perform some expressional piece like chumri or bhajan then we go into faster pieces like tarana so actually um the whole kathak evening lasts for 45 minutes to 1 hour for that because we are uh, slowly and slowly moving inside the art of kathak uh, showing the all the beauty of slow tempo to medium tempo to going uh, to fast tempo right so that takes time um yes you can do the pieces in 5 minutes but all my recordings that are 5 or 10 minutes when i dance with live music they turn into 15 to 20 minutes of piece because the nature of kathak is very improvisational so if i'm suppose doing a tarana which is uh, on recording is just 10 minutes long but on stage i look at my audience and i say oh they are liking this kind of thing or i am in a particular mood so i'm going to add more to class maybe i'm going to add some different kind of footwork so i can improvise from there and it can be shorter or but most of the time it becomes a longer piece okay so since you're talking about live music um one thing i do ask uh, uh, other people as well is that what uh, how, uh, how what do you feel the relationship between a kathakar and the musician should be since the musicians are so important to the performance and how should up and coming kathakars cultivate relationships with musicians um first of all i don't think that the musicians are in kathak that's a good point uh, they are artists we are sharing the stage with each other uh, different artists are on one stage and there is such amazing level of trust between the kathak dancer musician we are interdependent we also have competition sometimes with the tabla players uh, this is a very friendly um, competition um, but it all together makes a dance alive on stage this is why i keep saying that it's really important to learn the instruments of kathak or at least have knowledge of it not become master of it but just having little knowledge of tabla vocal music so that the relationship can be maintained otherwise you will as a kathak dancer feel very separated from the musicians if you don't know what they are doing right and then you will treat them as an accompanist who are just accompanying you but to have a relationship we all need to know um, each other's art form so do you know what in india the, uh, the word for music is sangeet right um and when we say sangeet the definition of sangeet is geetam vadyam tatha nrityam triyam sangeet that vocal music instrumental music and a dance together create music interest yes is so beautiful because um that's why you uh, see any musician in india 
they know about dance then they can uh, instrumental musicians they can sing um if you meet any singer they know about dance they can play tabla look at all our great gurus of kathak dance they all are tabla players they all are musicians and so uh, creating a beautiful relationship with the musicians on stage very easily there's no effort in it. so i would say that um musicians are there to support you you are sitting on their shoulders sometimes right and sometimes they are sitting on uh, your shoulders so is helping each other out on stage where the dancer doesn't uh, become important but the evening itself the dance and music becomes important i really like how you put it in the sense that the focus should be on the evening and the dance and the music and not on the performer himself and i think that's a really good way of thinking about it and um coming to say future projects i know that you keep really busy and you're involved in a lot of things are there any future projects in the pipeline that you'd like to talk about that you're really excited about presenting to the world i really want to develop my my pieces on human rights issues because i'm uh, i feel that as a kathak dancer i want to express myself i'm uh, very much into social justice issues and i want to express it through my dance so i think i'm going to invest some time into it obviously um now that we are facing this covid-19 crisis um right now it's not about thinking about what's going to happen in future but it's about what's happening today right so one day at a time of um i'm practicing on my own and teaching right now a lot on zoom but i'm also very much um thinking about how things are going to be one and when 2021 comes then i will think about the future but right now we are what we are going through we have to stay very present in the present time but when it comes to future obviously we are artists we think about future all the time our future project um, so much imagination each night when i'm sleeping and i want to do this i want to do that i want to collaborate more with um, vocalists go into khayal gaiki of indian music and take their bandishes and see what i can do with those beautiful bandishes that we don't dance too much on these days how do i make my audience more educated about expressional pieces of kathak because in connecticut especially when i'm dancing i do lot of footwork and chakkar because those dazzle your their mind but uh, the role of art is not to dazzle someone's mind the role of art is to touch someone's heart. you see the difference between dazzling somebody's mind and touching someone's heart that's that's pretty deep yes for sure and if and if your goal is to dazzle someone's heart it makes sense why you are advocating for longer time for your for kathak because then you can't do that in necessarily 5 minutes it takes a longer time to tell the story and really touch someone's heart right. so that makes sense and yeah that's a beautiful thing like guruji said that uh, when you go from single speed to double speed fourth there is excitement um so you go from first speed to second jump to fourth and suddenly there is excitement but if you increase the speed slowly slowly and sustain the footwork for a long time right. that happens in uh, jhala in sitar and instrumental music where they slowly slowly increase the speed that's intoxication not just excitement so these are such beautiful concepts and is so psychological in nature that how do we uh, because 
the entire Indian music and dance is based on rasa theory. So ras theory is that the juice, the nectar, the essence that an artist is tasting of arts, the audience should be able to and taste, right? So it's a, a relationship with the audience, relationship with the musicians. We don't have the fourth wall. In, we demolish that fourth wall that exists, invisible wall that exists between the dancer and the audience, right? Right. So, this this is uh, why I love Indian music and art so much because it's uh, based on psychology and the philosophy of life, a metaphysics of it, uh, and it's just uh, mind blowing. And it it goes into my heart, and I that's when I feel that in the middle of the night I want to get up and dance. Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing. And I guess my last question is, since you said you're focused on now, um, outside of, I know, I know you're really busy with the Ted Hershey Dance Marathon, but during the COVID times, what has a typical day looked like for you in terms of doing your daily riyas and the classes and everything? Um, during COVID-19, first two, three day, uh, months where it, I didn't know what to do. And now I feel like I want the normal life only because life has become extremely busy. Um, Teaching on Zoom takes a lot of energy. So my typical day is that I wake up in the morning. I don't wake up too early. I wake up around eight o'clock and then by nine, I'm ready to work. And that work involves writing, doing my riyas. And then by three o'clock, I'm done with all that. And then my classes start. There are a lot of Zoom meetings um, because of um, Connecticut Commission on the Arts. Then the other organization I work or that's called Young Audiences of Connecticut Arts for Learning. Uh, that's also like uh, this organization serves the school system where they send us to uh, do Kathak performances or um, dance, art, music. So there are many, many Zoom meetings that I have to attend every day. In the evenings after my classes, I like to sit down and read something, research work for my next book. And I read a lot about um, dance some, and poetry. I write poems. Sometimes I draw. All that happens after nine o'clock. And if time permits, definitely I want to watch a little bit of Netflix. <laughs> so this is how my day looks like right now. All day of work from nine to nine. And then after nine, just giving time to myself to study more, read draw things like that awesome that's truly like a life dedicated to kathak it's amazing to see how much you get done in a day really inspiring and uh, yeah thanks a lot for doing this conversation i really enjoyed and learned a lot from you thank you so much for inviting me for sure and